Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Tailoring is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, as school starts up in school districts across the state of Indiana, some started last week, some started this week, or some will start next week, we figured it'd be a good time uh, to talk to our friends at the Department of Education to find out what's going on. So joining us on the news line is Dr. Katie Jenner, the Secretary of Education, and there is her assistant, if she needs to chime in, is the Chief Academic Officer, uh, Dr. Charity Flores. So Dr. Jenner, Dr. Flores, thank you both very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you. Thank you, Abdul, for having us. Great to be here today. No worries. So, Doctor, let me ask you, uh, how is school, uh, the start of school getting underway in Indiana? How's everything going so far this year? Yeah, so we're off to the races in Indiana. We are one of the early states to start school. We actually have some schools across our state start in late July. And then the bulk of our school, schools start um, the first couple of weeks of August. And then, of course, um, a, a few will start um, on into uh, closer to Labor Day, but we are we are off to the races and uh, we're moving. It's interesting that that it always, uh, like I said, you know, different states would have different rules. I come from Illinois, where school always started like that that Monday, that that Wednesday after Labor Day. We went through like the first week of June, had summer break. Uh, as has the, has the calendar been changed basically to, to accommodate uh, the sort of year round schooling, but still make sure kids have the same number of days, but still have the same number of time off. Yeah, good question. So. Calendars are actually determined locally. So, um, again, you know, we have some schools that operate more on a year-round schedule where they have a week or two weeks fall break, a couple weeks winter break, one to two weeks spring break, and still, um, you know, getting out in late May, early June. Um, others run a little bit tighter than that and start their school year later. Um, and have less of the, the breaks within. So it, it's a local decision point. Um, so long as they get 180 days of instruction, um, that's uh, what state law requires. I know there's been uh, some debates in uh, Indiana lately about teachers and teacher shortages. How are we with our teacher shortage issue? Yeah, good, good question, Abdul. Uh, we have, for the first time ever, live real-time data about exactly how we're doing. We have a teacher and educator supply and demand marketplace. So at any point, any Hoosier can get online and see what that demand is for not only our teachers, but also for our staff members, like uh, bus drivers, uh, custodians, um, could even be um, CFOs, just any other uh, staff role. Um, we're running around 1,600 teachers across the state um, that we need. Um, and in particular, our high need areas are special education, English learner, and then in our STEM areas, so science, technology, engineering, and math. And the, the positive is um, if there's anyone out there listening who has a bachelor's degree, even if it's in a a subject not related to one of the um, subject areas I just mentioned. Um, we have an opportunity for those individuals if they're interested in serving in an Indiana classroom. Um, we will we will pay for that 
um, instruction and uh, or that that higher ed licensure and uh, get them into a classroom as cl- as quickly as we can to help serving kids. Now I know, uh, Doctor Jenner, there there have been some 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 sort of consternation of some folks saying, "Hey, uh, how can you let somebody who may be good at engineering can't necessarily teach the class or or vice versa?" Or say you have someone like me who's uh, taught in uh, high school but has been sort of an adjunct faculty for a university as part of sort of the, the early involvement, early enrollment program. Uh, so how do, you, how do you fit those folks in, into – how do you fit those square pegs into the round hole, so to speak? I tell you what, sometimes those square pegs provide um, the greatest learning opportunity for our students. I mean, I look at you, Abdul, and, and your knowledge with journalism and, and English – um, et cetera, you'd probably add more things um, to that list. Um, but I think about what you could provide to the classroom and, and a group of students who may be interested in these topics and you have relevant experience. Um, you mentioned engineering. The other example that, uh, that I had a superintendent call a couple years ago and say, hey, there's an economist from a, a local um, business who's uh, excellent and I've He's retiring, and I'd like him to teach economics. And how can we make that happen? So getting those square pegs, if you will, into our schools are very, very beneficial, and we want to make sure we're doing everything we can for individuals who might be interested in serving in Indiana's classrooms, uh, that we're doing everything we can to get them there. Our guest on the program today is our good friend, Dr. Katie Jenner, the Secretary of Education uh, at, here in the state of Indiana. As school gets underway uh, this month uh, here in Indiana. Uh, Dr. Jenner, uh, no, uh, another big issue has, has been out there about the issue of teacher pay. Uh, could you remind folks that teacher pay is fundamentally a local issue, not necessarily a state issue? Yes, sir. So the, the way that it works is our General Assembly um, determines what the total investment is for education in Indiana and makes up approximately half of our state budget is education. And then that money is disseminated straight to um, our local school corporations through a funding formula. And then locally, the, the superintendent and bargaining team determine what that salary looks like in their local school corporation. And it's interesting you bring that up because I know uh, folks say, you know, the Indian has a big surplus. We should give it to schools for more for more teacher pay. It's like I'll remind people, you know, teacher pay is an ongoing issue. Surpluses are sort of one-time deals. Yes, sir. Uh, teacher pay is an ongoing um, opportunity that we have as a state to um, consider how might we continue to increase our teacher salary, teacher compensation, um, while also keeping an eye on um, some, some bold and courageous practices like um, differential pay, as an example. Uh, I mentioned earlier the high demand areas we have in special education and EL and in our STEM areas. Um, if, if there's a science teacher, you know, who can teach biology too, um, but they're also being recruited from the biotech company down the road, and it's a twenty dollars to $30,000 salary increase, we have to make sure um, our schools are are competitively working with teachers to get the right people in the classrooms. One of the issues, too, I know I know this was an issue for a while, sort of pre-pandemic, uh, Dr. Jenner, was the fact that uh, how much money was spent in classroom instruction versus how much was administration. I know the numbers numbers were pretty high a while back. Any idea what those numbers could or might be, or or uh, or is more money going to to classroom instruction, not necessarily to the to the to the downtown administrations? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Abdul. And we get most of our data from our schools will come in in the fall, winter months. So we'll be able to transparently share that data as soon as it's in. Um, of course, one of the data points we're collecting this year is how much um, schools across the state are um, charging for curricular materials. Um, this is the um, first year that uh, parents, and we were one of seven states who were still charging parents for curriculum materials. We, our General Assembly and Governor leaned in and, and said no more. So this is the first time that parents should have that curriculum material cost paid for. And um, uh, we'll be collecting uh, all of that data that, that you mentioned. Our guest on the program today is our good friend, Dr. Katie Jenner, the Secretary of Education here in the state of Indiana as school gets underway this month. And, of course, uh, last week, this week, and next week. Uh, Dr. Jenner, uh, on that subject of, of textbooks, I could never understand it. Maybe you can help me out here because I've only been in Indiana for 20 years and some change now. Why parents were charged a textbook fee? Because I'm from Illinois. Our textbooks were you know, included in the price of you know, when, you, when you're property, you paid your taxes, you paid for your books. So what is it about Indiana that's just been so different for so long? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Abdul. And, and as a parent myself of twin eighth grade daughters, I've been paying those same textbook fees and rental prices as well. Um, and again, we were one of seven states in the nation still charging parents. Um, and for the first time this school year, uh, we will not be charging parents for curricular materials and fees. And then we'll be working with our schools to understand um, what that cost is so that we can bring that data back to the governor and the General Assembly. Dr. Katie Jenner with us uh, on the program today. Uh, Dr. Jenner, uh, I want to say uh, this week you folks uh, uh, released the iRead uh, test results. It uh, looks like some progress, but not enough progress. That's right. Um, we have actually, Abdul, been declining as a state in our literacy scores for a decade, which is interesting because a lot of times people point to COVID-19 pandemic is when the learning loss started to happen. And, and that's just not accurate. We, we were declining prior to. Um, since we did a, a benchmark test in iRead to understand foundational reading scores, foundational reading skills after the pandemic, we've only increased about 0.7%. And some might look at me and say, well, an increase is an increase, but um, that is absolutely um, not going not gonna to cut it, um, especially when you look at our data and we have one in five children in Indiana not able to read by the end of third grade. And it really has to be an all-hands-on-deck, uh, all-hands-on-deck, including educators, parents and families, um, local community leaders in, over, in order to overcome this crisis that we have right now. And I was going to ask you, what's sort of going on? Because I know uh, there's always been the big debate over school funding. Do schools get enough money? Does the state give enough money? Uh, I know with the exception of 2008-2009, schools have gotten pretty much uh, hefty uh, increases, or at least adjusted somewhat the cost of living uh, for years. But it seems like the, 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 month, the funding's going one way, but the results are kind of going in another direction or staying flat. Yes, sir. I think the key that we have to acknowledge um, is, and this is what we're, we're really leaning in as a state, to make sure all of our teachers, both current and future, are trained in science of reading. Um, science of reading meaning they have, um, that students are being supported in developing those 
phonemic awareness and, and phonics skills in addition to the other really important reading skills. Um, in order to make sure our teachers are as trained um, as we can, as quickly as we can, we have the largest ever investment from the Lilly Endowment. They, we announced last August, August of 2022, up to $111 million to support the training of our current teachers and our future teachers. Um, and then our General Assembly um, added an additional $60 million. So the investment is $170 million. And now we must use those fiscal resources in order to make sure our teachers have the very best training, make sure our parents and families have that high-dosage tutoring support um, in terms of like an Indiana Learns program. Uh, but it is, it is absolutely essential that we all lean in to overcome uh, this challenge and make sure all children can read by the end of third grade. Uh, I know uh, Indiana's uh, did a lot of funding in sort of the, 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 quality, the sort of quality voluntary pre-K program. I know there's a big debate going back and forth of whether kindergarten should be mandatory or unmandatory. Uh, what are we doing uh, before those kids actually get into the classroom uh, to sort of maybe uh, what are parents doing to sort of maybe help them with their reading? Because my mother read to us every day. When, when I was a child. Yes. And, and you know, Abdul, your mom reading to you every day um, absolutely impacted what we could do then as educators. And you were, you were set up on good footing when you, when you arrived to our schools. So early learning um, really does matter for children. Um, while we don't have mandatory kindergarten in the law in the state of Indiana, um, the vast majority of our children start at kindergarten. It's a very, very, very high percentage. Uh, but you also speak about the early learning area, those, those uh, three-year-old, four-year-old years. Um, and at that time, um, I would really encourage parents to consider a, a quality early learning center or if, um, if they're homeschooling their child, working with their child at home, making sure um, every night that you're reading to your child 20 to 30 minutes. It's, it's a little thing that makes a massive difference when it comes to building those foundational skills for children. Dr. Katie Jenner with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, Dr. Jenner, with, with respect to the IRE test results, and maybe uh, your chief academic officer, uh, Dr. Flores, can maybe chime in here uh, for a second. Uh, any places where IRE tests uh, were sort of really good, way off the charts, any places where like, well, we need to really sort of maybe step in and do some intervention? Mm -hmm. We have a targeted effort where we solicited about 50 schools to participate in our literacy cadre last year. And we're starting to see early indications of progress in those locations. And we highlighted a couple specifically today in the board meeting um, from Warren Township where in grade two where the cadre is um, offering additional support through instructional coaches, they're starting to see progress related to the science of reading. Um, so again, we're really excited about those instances where we know continued support um, is starting to be initiated and, and seeing those improvements. And Abdul, I would add to that, so where Dr. Flores said, Last year, we started with around 50 schools. This year, we have in total around 200 elementary schools. Next year, we will add any school in the state of Indiana that has a 70% or lower I-READ score. They will be required to be in the Indiana Literacy Cadre to get that additional support um, provided to teachers, ultimately four kids. 
And then by the 2025-2026 school year, our goal is to have 600 Indiana elementary schools in the Indiana Literacy Cadre. Uh, final question for you, Dr. Jenner. Uh, what, we can't uh, have a conversation about education in Indiana without talking about uh, sort of the pandemic, which caught a lot of us uh, off guard and uh, sort of had some negative impacts on schooling and education here in Indiana. How are we? How are schools doing recovering from the pandemic? Yeah, I think I think um, we're still seeing some recovery pieces, certainly in the academics area. We saw that uh, in iLearn with our English language arts and math. We're seeing that in iRead, um, specifically the student population, our Hispanic students and our English language learners, um, their recovery is struggling more than any student population um, in our state. So our eyes are on that, on how we can um, continue to improve there. The other thing that I would add for, for all the parents and families listening is it is uh, to- so key Every day that you can get your child to school, please do. Um, When they're not sick, please get them to school because the attendance is also something that we still are trying to overcome following the pandemic. We have to make sure um, that our schools and our parents and families are working together to make sure kids are there so that we can continue that continuity of intervention or, um, or service to that child. All right. Well, our guests on the program today have been the good Dr. Katie Jenner, the Secretary of Education here in the state of Indiana, and also uh, helping with the assist, uh, Dr. Chastity Flores, the Chief Academic Officer. Dr. Jenner, as always, Dr. Flores, thank you both very, very much for being with us. Always good to chat with you folks. Have yourselves a great school year. And Dr. Jenner, I will follow up on you guys on the uh, alternative teacher's license. Abdul, I look forward to it. We're, we're ready to get you in the classroom, and I'm going to come visit you as soon as you're there. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you, Dr. Jenner. You too. All take right, care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.